2: I'm your host Tom Pickup and welcome to another special episode on the Really 007 podcast where tonight we will look at the greatest henchmen and women of the James Bond film series. There are various places you can find us and listen in including iTunes and Spotify. Keep sharing our episodes and once again thank you for rating and recommending us. Special shout out to fan Alison Ratcliffe, thanks for your support. We're available on most social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just look for Really007 and join in the conversation. Right, we've got so many henchmen to chat about tonight uh, that this could be the start of a debate that never ends. But I do have uh, three lovely gents with me this evening. We've got two regular contributors, Matthew Pickup and Rob Parker. Good evening, gents. Good evening. Good evening, Tom. Nice to have you guys. But we've also got our first guest in the form of Mr. Stephen
3: Carty, who is a renowned film critic. Good evening, Mr. Carty. Good evening, Tom, Rob, Matthew, Minister, Chief of Staff.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's our kind of guy. He's our yeah. kind of guy, this guy. <laughs> he is.
2: He's a It's a really 007 squad, isn't it? It really is. There's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of people involved. <laughs>
3: I'm so glad that niche gag actually landed. I just thought nobody... I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've been waiting be the for the... Blowing the bloody
4: doors off, mate.
2: <laughs> Why Australian?
4: <laughs> no reason, reason to be Australian. When Cockney
2: goes Australian. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so, Stephen, yes. Uh, nice to meet you. Just for the benefit nice of all of the listeners... Would you just uh, briefly tell us a bit about yourself, what,
3: what you do in your job and how you've come to be involved in the world of James Bond? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm a freelance film critic. I write for Radio Times and I do reviews on BBC Radio Scotland. As far as James Bond go, I can't remember the age I was when I started watching them. I remember I was very young, too young to be watching them. Uh, my dad said, oh, this doctor knows in the TV. This is James Bond. You're going to love this. That was the first one I watched. And then, I mean, like you guys, I taped them off the TV and then watched them over and over and over to the point where I had to stop watching them because the dialogue was losing meaning for me because I'd heard it so many times. (laughs) Like you guys, it was just coming into my life in small ways. Like, for example, my friend and I were studying maths. We had a maths tutor together and we had a a calculator, a huge old-fashioned calculator, It looked like the ATAC from For Your Eyes Only. (laughs) ATAC to say (laughs) so? (laughs) (laughs) So we were doing math tutorial one day and he threw it to me and it missed and smashed against the cupboard and I just heard well, that's detente, comrade. You don't have have (laughs) it. Bravo. That's
5: our kind of guy.
3: Brilliant. And I mean, I'm to <laughs> take a step back from Bond here. It's, it's becoming a bit too obsessive. But yeah, I mean, I watched the films over and over and over again. And one of the nice things was I actually stopped watching them when I first became a film critic because I thought I'm going to have to spend more time watching other films and widening my knowledge base. So a few years ago, I watched them all again for the first time in years. It was glorious. It was like watching them all again for the first time. Falling in love with John Barry again. and Oh, I was thinking, oh, is License Tickle Go going to be as good as I remember as a kid? And it, oh, man, it, it's still, <laughs> a-
2: oh, yes. Well, yes. no secret that that's, I think, pretty much the really 007 pod. Unofficially one of the favorites, definitely. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Massive
3: dog. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's just his voice. Anything he says, he brings such weight and gravity. Shaken. Not stirred. It's just what it was the package. Stewart just walking the room. It's, he brings such importance. <laughs> 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 I'm a Bond fan, and after listening to about three minutes of the Octopussy podcast, I thought, yeah, these guys are my sort of guys. They like like they like Octopusy. I'm, I'm in here. This is this is my sort of place. <laughs> there are very odd
2: people out there. That's that's what we found out. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this. No offense, Stephen. You seem a lot less odd than we are. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. So, My wife really interesting. Yes, well, well, yeah. Yes, I think they all would, yeah. I think they're a bit worried about what's going on uh, in these recording sessions. <laughs> I think they think it's a bit sad. <laughs> really. That's interesting. Doctor No was actually the first one you saw. Did he watch the others more or less in the same sort of... in, in the right order? Because I, I, I remember growing up that we just sort of had the few on video and you watched those ones over and over again. You didn't really know why... Roger Moore was Bond sometimes, or why Sean was sometimes Bond, and it didn't really make any sense until you got older. But particularly as a film critic as well, is that is that sort of cast your eye on them in a bit of a different different way?
3: Do you know what? I've always wondered if I was old enough to be of age when Roger Moore was cast. I've always wondered if it would have bothered me at the time because, like you're saying, I was just a kid. You know, one was Roger Moore, one was George Lazenby, one was Tim Dalton. I just I loved them all when I was a kid, so I can. I'd love to go back and wonder if I'd have been sort of gnashing my teeth over the fact of another Bond, you know, Connery's Bond. That's it. There's no other Bond. Yeah. Now, I just, I mean, I I don't love all of them, but I like all of them. I think we all bring something to it. And one of the great things about Bond fandom is if you want a 60s thriller, you know, the if you want a purist Bond, you, you watch Connery. If you want some entertainment and you want someone with the biggest bell bottoms you've ever seen, you watch a Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> You want Fleming? You, you know, watch Scotland. It's there's there's. It seems cheesy, but there is something for everyone. There's there's a Bond film for every mood. You know, I could put a Bond film on after this podcast, and I could think, "What am I in the mood for?" Could be yes. old, so you could be Licence Kill, could be Man with the Gun. You can go anyway.
2: But what if you're depressed? Does that does that mean you should watch Daniel Craig Bonds, or would that not help it at all? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm being naughty again. <laughs>
4: Leading the witness.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am. Quantum of Solace for me was is a frustrating film because I think there is a good film buried in there somewhere. I mean, it needs a dramatic re-edit. The, the scenes are all over the place. Um, I liked Skyfall quite a bit, not as much as when it came out. For me, it gets it falls in a bit every time I watch it. Mm. And Spectre is is a dull, dull, lifeless film. And I think there's a shadow cast on Craig's time is Bond because we've been left with Spectre so long; it's been sitting there in our minds for so long. Yeah, I really hope No Time to to Die is a lot better than Spectre. But you know, if not, we've still got twenty odd other films we can watch over and over and over. Again. Yes, that's the spirit. absolutely that's the spirit.
4: <laughs> that is the spirit. Oh. It's a call to arms for Bond fans everywhere, that.
2: Call to arms. So tonight, though, we are concentrating on the henchmen and women, as we've said. First, though, we'll have our regular quiz. Now, normally, of course, it's John Kell, Mr. John Kell who introduces and hosts the quiz. But in his absence, Mr Rob Parker is taking on the baton. So, Rob, over to you.
4: Thank you very much. I'm quite intimidated stepping into the... um, the dulcet-toned shoes of John. Does that work? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we'll, make it, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. It
2: somehow works. Uh,
4: but no, I'm real. Somehow works. So um, John um, always likes uh, to create uh, like a sound, a buzzer sound, doesn't he, for uh, the quizzes? I was thinking, like, what sound is appropriate for like <laughs> a hench- <laughs> person quiz? And I was thinking, like, the only thing that really fits is like. A Wilhelm scream, like, ah! You know, I don't think, I'm not going to make anyone do that. Uh, so, because, uh, <laughs> you know, well, we've been hysterics, I to begin with. Um, yeah, so, we're blowing like, um, doors I was thinking, Pratt, where are we the bloody doors off, man? Um, I think, like, <laughs> right, let's it, go man? with them. Uh, yeah well yeah chip commercials mate um uh, i think we could do um oh what was i think i did have a good idea and now it's gone in that in that I mean, oh no it's right if we do um a, a louis jordan kill bond that that's probably oh. we could do that so whoever i whoever i hear first say kill bond um i'll go to that so question one John I'm sorry I'm butchering this for you mate this is your segment I just <laughs> <to> know <laughs> so right question one a gentleman does VJ Armitrage in with a yo-yo in the magnificent Octopussy but what is that gentleman's name in the credits
2: we've gone for detail again here the guy who with the the yo-yo type
3: thing yeah 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 Hugh Bond. <laughs> oh go for it
2: Stephen go
3: for it sorry oh, that was terrible Yo, that um, brilliant. Is it a generic term like buzzsaw guy or something like that? It is a generic term. It's not that one. Hmm. Kill the... I mean, yes, sir.
4: Yo-yo man. <laughs> 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 Sad- sadly not. Really Same close, brain. though. You know, we could be for ages like yo-yo guy or... Yo-yoing. Know, <laughs> <laughs> man with razor saw <laughs> throwing thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I mean... <laughs> I don't think we're going to get it wrong. (laughs) I'll just say... I'll go with whatever's been closest so far, actually. Once Matt's had a go, I'll go with whatever's been closest. Um... (laughs) Um... I'll literally clear your mind, think about what that man did in the most basic of terms, and then say it.
5: (laughs) Buzzsaw assassin?
4: I mean, I don't. I, oh, I, yeah. so, you, you even you know? I love how the fact that you tried to make it so simple and you were still too complicated. <laughs> it's just, it's just called, it's just called thug with yo yo. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe rings a bell, actually. Yeah. Right, so, I'm afraid no. You should point. know that. Right, Nil quoi. Right, Nil quoi. Yeah. Nil <laughs> Thug with yo. Yeah, it's a bit harsh, thug. Yeah. You know. are <laughs> more skilled. <laughs> yeah, I
5: know
0: yeah. a
4: skilled labourer <laughs> um, so qu- Question two I think this might be easy so I'm gonna we'll go for it from there. Question two is and remember the buzzword What number inspector is Cronstein? Kiel Bond. Yes, Stephen. Two Yes! One oh. nil to Mr oh. Stephen Carty. Superb super well, done. Um, well done. Whew, off the bar <laughs> question three the relief is all mine actually <laughs>
2: I was quite worried the pleasure question
0: it will three. be all mine
2: my <laughs> <laughs> answer, <God>, really
4: <laughs> question three where was Herve Villachez born
5: Kill bond. and if- yes math what uh, Mexico What do you want
4: no I could oh. do with it I could do with my own you know eh, eh, noise yeah, yeah. You know, so I'll try and develop something kill, like Kill Bon. yes was that you Tom
2: est-il français de France
4: I mean you could have <laughs> some of a point for that <laughs> oh. but uh, it's better Stephen do you have anything you'd like to come in with at this point
3: I feel like I should know the answer because I remember him from was it Fantasy Island he was on mm-hmm. yes yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm terrified of guessing. In case it makes it seem like a stereotype, I just. I, I... <laughs> you, on that score, you won't get worse than Mexico. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Stop no, no, hang on.
3: No, I, I'd be I'd be purely guessing. I'd be throwing a dart at board.
4: Tom, you can have the point on this. It was Nazi-occupied Paris in 1943. <laughs> what a snap! Brilliant, even. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Question four. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. What country is Eric Kriegler representing in for Your Eyes One. only? Oh, go for it, Stephen.
3: It's the North Germany. East Germany, sorry, East Germany.
4: You got it. East Germany. Save it. Two Save zero it. zero. <laughs> unbelievable. And and that actually is a win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no, it's Maybe not. You sorry, win. Tom. You've got. You could, no, you couldn't pull back a drawer. I'm so sorry. For I'm, you. I'm
2: out. Did we get
4: home? Yeah. And for that <laughs> yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, question five. Um, <laughs> this is stupid. Which James <laughs> Bond villain was voted sexiest villain in People magazine's Sexiest Men issue?
3: Kill Bond. Stephen, go for it. Will you be a No.
4: Uh, sexiest Men issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> still Keel <Kill> Bond <laughs> yes man
5: scaramanga <laughs> nope Nope. scaramanga oh, sorry mate. <laughs>
4: what <henchmen. laughs> <laughs> What in the he- oh
0: is the it henchman? right <laughs> no, yeah but yeah yeah there's a question yeah we're only henchmen
4: when
5: Bond. was this I... done the... Rob yes man stamper <laughs> oh surely.
4: should be He's not uh, well known enough, though, is he? That's no, no, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. If I <laughs> give you the year of 2001, will that help? You it that's when the vote was? Oh, uh, 2002, 2002. Oh, Keel Bond. Oh. Yes, Matt Zau. Yes, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. on. one one <laughs> But we have we have a new champion at Herald and Crown.
5: In, well done,
3: Stephen. Wonders in. And trashes everybody. Superb, Steve. I need to to admit something. Um, Oh, yes. Every year at the Edinburgh Film Festival, they have a quiz for film critics, and I'm on the team that usually wins now. That is nothing to do with me, because the guys on my team are just anoraks like you would not believe. (laughs) we were trying to defend the crown, and I'm usually sitting there just, I get the odd question, but I contribute very little. This year there was a Bond question. So about three heads just turned to me we're like, okay, you know, time for you to step up. I got it wrong. It was just so demoralising for a week afterwards. <laughs> oh, <I'm> like, no. <laughs> what was the question, Stephen, if oh. you don't mind me? I can't remember the specifics, but it was something to do with how many times has Bond been to, I think it was something like how many times has Bond been to Venice or Italy, oh, right. something like that. That's I quite I That's really Moonraker, definitely. And Casino Royale, because they've got the, the kind of yeah. houses to sink. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there was a huge amount of debate over from Russia with love, whether he was actually in Italy or not. And I, I can't remember what happened, but whatever way I said, and the other guy ah. on the team said, they went with my opinion and it was wrong. And uh, Oh, no. Still a- Haunting a- you oh, today. Oh, man. <laughs> I should have thrown a, a kettle over a pub. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. <laughs>
2: Right, well thank you Rob as I say that was superb. I feel like I know far less than I did about henchmen, but we'll try and get <laughs> yeah, yeah. them on the <laughs> How does someone qualify as a bomb film henchman? It's quite a, a difficult one to ask. We've got hundreds and hundreds of villains, if you look through, from the very you know minor villains, the assassins, the femme fatales. And I was trying to think, really, more of the stereotypical the muscle man or muscle woman who rarely leaves the boss's side. They should be physically strong, a real threat to Bond himself. And so, you know, Dr. what's his name, Hans Glau or those kind of people, I'm not really sure that they're, they're going to pose much of a, a physical threat, to be honest. But... They should live long in the memory of the audience, and you never know. By the end of this, we might decide between ourselves who our favourite henchmen are. So whilst some of these traits are present in individuals, others are not. So whereas Elvis from Quantum of Solace may never leave Dominic Green's side, he's of no physical threat and barely registers. So we won't be including him. So they before... do,
4: do like a character poster for him as well. The poor man.
2: Yeah, I think uh, our good friend John is—he actively hates Elvis, I and mean, he—I re- think it <laughs> partly because it's soiling the real Elvis's good name as well. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Even Rory yeah, is getting a poster nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. yeah. Just very good. <laughs> <laughs> he is the poster boy of no time to die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wh- what? Who was it? Um,
4: C- Colonel Arumov had one in for Goldeneye, his own character oh. poster. <laughs> what?
2: He did? What is going on here? What is <laughs> <does> happening? <that mean? laughs> it's on Shreveldin's bedroom window. so a bedroom building. Bedroom bedroom. Next up, I'll of
0: Scrubbery.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> We will be mentioning those <laughs> later. Hang yeah, my head in these <laughs>
4: niches. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> do you think do
2: women think aren't like that in real life? life?
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. Do you think there is a teenager in this country, or there's ever been a teenager in this country who's had Colonel Room oh. up on their wall, like you know, like when they get in at night, like you know, going to bed. Like,
2: I want to know. Like, <laughs> like um, please tweet you know. us. Oh, I'd like to know if there is anyone. That, that was... <laughs> if
4: anyone did have this, please
2: <laughs> come out with your hands yeah. above you.
5: You have 10 seconds
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So sad, so sad, guys. Before we move on, what first of all, you math? What do you think? The sort of in in your mind, if someone says Bond henchman, what? Not necessarily who would you think of, but what kind of? If there was going to be another Bond that comes out soon, we don't know anything about it. You hear that someone's going to play a henchman what would you be expecting
5: i would say i think it's yeah that physical presence is required maybe not just in terms of strength but they pose a physical threat by you know they might have an interesting contraption or weapon that poses bond a threat and others of course i think i immediately think of someone who almost blindly follows the villain in whatever they do, and he's almost, you know, a bit like. I think Gabinder is a great example of what I would think of a, a typical henchman. Although he doesn't have a particular, you know, it, interesting gadget or something, but I do think he's he's someone who um, who poses a physical threat. He he does anything basically that Kamal Khan asks him to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, go uh, out. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, gotta yeah. go.
4: <laughs>
5: um, and obviously, I think um, Odd Job and Jaws are, are the classic ones who've, who've got the interesting physical appearance. You almost think, which I really like. You know, I'm not sure how Bond's going to get the better of these guys because they they seem pretty uh, invincible. But like, he he won't be able to overpower them. Plus, they've got this extra special, you know, the hat and the teeth. So, I I would say those are my. What I would think of when I when I think of, of henchmen, others are quite difficult to to say whether they are henchmen or not, or whether they're just like hired assassins. Because there's some people we might get onto who you never actually see them with the main villain. Yeah. So whether you could call them a henchman, they're they're like subcontracted to do <laughs> to do their bidding. Uh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> uh, those would be my uh, my thoughts.
4: Yeah, I think it's anyone who's got that like intellectual. Punch where it's going to push Bond to places that he, he, you don't know whether he can match. So, you know, yeah, I mean, like, I've got to be honest, like, Jaws never was a sinister henchman for me. It's just massive, uh, <laughs> which is really his main yeah. sort of, you know, <laughs> key skill. Um, and, and obviously, you know, like, if we talk about intellectual equals, I mean, in Spy Love Me, which, you know, is, is, let's face it, is Jaws' finest hour. Um he gets outwitted by a look like, oh, you know, looking <laughs> upwards. Uh, so you can't really what think that it's intellectually pushing Bond and not that intellectuality is anything to do with it. But it's more that, like, I think um, if you were going to put two next to each other, I'll just pick two right off the top of my head. Jaws and Dario, say, for example, I find Dario far scarier, far more intimidating as a presence because, you know, he will mm-hmm. go to those places that Jaws just probably wouldn't even think of. You know, so yeah, I, I think that yeah, it's got to be about mindset. Where these people will go to? I thought Red Grant would go as far as necessary. He would go as far as necessary to take Bond out. Mayday as well would go as far until obviously Roger Moore's eyebrows came in play and seduced them. <laughs> <off laughs> <him>. But um, <laughs> Dude, and then was it was no longer an issue. Ring, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I yeah, I, I think. Um, it's more about mindset. I, I want my um, henchmen to be absolute psychos. That's when I believe that they're going to pose a real issue.
3: Uh, I think you can go numerous ways, but threat threat's definitely key. You want someone that poses a threat. You want someone that maybe gives Bond a, a moment of pause, as in hold on. Uh, I can't really muck about with this 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 person. They, they could do damage. And, and whether that's someone that's huge, like Hinks, for example, oh. or someone like Red Grant, who's probably just as smart as Bond, but also quite as deadly, Um, whereas with, I mean, you've seen Daniel Craig with his shirt off. If he sees Elvis across the corner, he's not going to pause. He's just going to think, Wow, I beat this guy. (laughs) a minor distraction. But then when Oddjob walks into the room with that kind of smile on his face, Connery, even Connery, who was a big guy and tough, Connery's going to be, okay, right, I need to really be on my A game to take this Mm -hmm. guy out. I don't think they necessarily necessarily need to be the brains because that's your kind of your mastermind boss. But I think the henchman needs to needs to pose some level of obstacle. Where I kind of agree with what Rob was saying about Jaws and that when I was young I absolutely loved Jaws, but he's a bit of a buffoon. He, Roger doesn't really, you know Roger comes into the room with him and he does like in Moonraker when they meet in the cable cars and Roger sees him he just kind of gives him the Roger nod <laughs> and says oh how are you Stop doing this guy's going to inconvenience me for 10 minutes but <laughs> you want someone that comes in and Bond think, thinks god right I'm going to have to really this this is going to cause me a lot of problems how am I going to get out of this I'm going to have to get everything if it's Connery I'm going to have to ruffle my toupee if it's Moore I'm going to have to rip my <laughs> her a little bit you You want to know really going to cause problems and be a bit of a threat um, so that when they appear on screen, it's like, oh, right, how does he get out of this? I mean, we're looking at the – I think the list you put together has picked many of the people that – when you first mentioned doing a henchman podcast, I put together my own list, and they're pretty much all on this. Um, His name has just dropped out of my head, but from Living Daylights, someone remind me. Oh, Necros. Necros. yeah. Necros is one of my favourite henchmen for that reason he causes problems for Bond, you know, whether he's got his exploding milk bottles or his Walkman or whatever, or fighting with green five in the kitchen. He's, he's not someone that Dalton can just get rid of in five minutes.
4: No, and I love that because what you were saying there, Stephen, is that that Necros exactly fits that bill of, he's got the physical attributes to pose trouble, but the mental ones as well. Like he burning people's faces off. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to stop.
0: You know, he's a a horrible (laughs)
4: guy. Yeah. He's, he's, (laughs) <laughs> He's right up
3: there for me, Necro. The problem
2: so is, annoyed, I forgot his name. Uh, no, well, <laughs> I, I we all we all do this, Stephen. Don't worry. I think you've you've already shown you know quite a bit about Bond. So don't worry about that. But yeah, there, there's quite a lot. Of, um, <laughs> there's quite a lot of people who I don't know. You see, uh, just going through it chronologically in terms of Doctor No, there's lots of assassins and uh, people bidding, of course, for uh, Doctor No. And Spectre, but I wouldn't say there's any real henchmen that a proper like Bond must face this this person in order to to get by. I mean, like the three the three Blind Mice, of course, or they're more assassins, I'd say.
1: The first one won't
0: kill you, not the second, not even
2: the third, not till you crawl over here and you kiss my foot.
1: How about a cigarette? Not a chance. I'll pay for it. What worth? Fifty gold sovereigns.
0: Where are they?
2: Up there, in my case.
4: You show me.
1: cigarette throw them down there
0: any more in the other case i should imagine so it's a standard kit i'll have a look put your hands back in your pockets
2: when you come into from Russia with love though the debate would be is Donald Grant the best henchman or is he even a henchman because like you say we don't see him physically in Blofeld's room we know he he works of course for Blofeld but he isn't um he, he's a hired assassin again but he's a bit he's a bit more of a henchman than of course Rosa Klebb or indeed cronstein because he is there as an expert in terms of what he can do would you would you guys describe him as a as a henchman? Ooh.
4: Very interesting question, because then that makes me think of Necros in exactly the same way. Mm. Necros, I can't remember a scene where he and he and Koskov are in together, you know, or I Joe he was a Bain, bit more. You know what I mean? Or is there one? There, I, I there's you? one at
5: the swimming pool. Yes.
4: Oh, oh yes, my, yes. yes sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I uh, uh, yeah, uh, there is a hired element to Necros. Yeah. You know, you do get the impression he goes, you know, at the weekends he goes home and listens to his <laughs> new romantic collection.
2: Yeah. The best uh, of Necros. Yeah.
4: Your Barry Manilow. Yeah.
2: Clip. <laughs> Very good. If we are including him, I don't know. Uh, oh, by the way, apologies to the, the Wizard of Ice on uh, Twitter for incorrectly using his, uh, his name in the books, Donovan, on a, on a recent post. I, I, I apologise profusely for that. <laughs> yeah, so our, our friend John would have him down, would have Grant down as a henchman. Well, I, sp- I mean, there is Morzini as well. That's not he is he is perhaps a bit of a henchman. He d- he poses absolutely zero threat to Bond on the boat. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did discuss this a bit on, of course, on the well, bit saying length in our From Bush We Love review that we've recently released. And he, yeah, he did come under a bit of stick for his useless attempts to kill Bond and Tatiana. We think he died. I don't know. He just—I think he jumped into the into the Scottish waters where they filmed it yeah. in the end. I think. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Odd job is the first proper, definitely a henchman in this definition in the Sean Connery era and in the, indeed the whole era. Odd job.
1: Many people have tried to involve themselves in my affairs, unsuccessfully.
0: Remarkable, but what does a club secretary have to say?
3: Oh, nothing, Mister Von. I own the club.
4: So I was just going to say, I think that also is what defines a henchman: is recognizability in a casual yes, audience. Yes,
2: absolutely.
4: If the casual audience will recognize him, like obviously, us mega nerds, yeah, <laughs> will be delighting about you know. I don't know the Mishka and Grishkas for as long as we want. <laughs> but, um the who I don't like by the way we know still yeah. maintain I
5: famously it don't it. like
4: famous it famously gone down in <laughs> <early 007 laughs> I don't yeah. like
3: <laughs> uh, just you mentioned Mishka and Grishka there I've got a slightly funny story about them um, like you guys growing up I watched the Bond films on VHS just religiously so I think when I was younger, I watched Octopussy roughly 7,000 times. Yes. The <laughs> <laughs> but the dangers of watching these things from TV, which I will never do anymore, is the way that they're cut. So you're all familiar with the scene in Octopussy where Moore kills... Uh, I'm not sure what it means yeah. for Grishka, but, you know, and that's for 009. Yes. One of my favourite Moore scenes of all time, right? I only saw that about a year ago. The version I had from TV... He opens the kind of little hut door, the twin falls to the ground, and then it just cuts to a break. Yes. For... So I have thought, how did that twin die? He fell in a hut. That is rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> um, we I have the same problem. The... <laughs> <rubbish> <laughs> you know, we we, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. We did,
4: yeah. Yeah, I think all, all three of us were in the same boat. None of us, like, I definitely didn't know. It's a bit like um, Mario Van Peebles at the end of Joe's War. Didn't know he <laughs> survived. <laughs> I uh, wanted until, to yeah, die. Like, that was more effective. So, uh, I feel like I've just ruined that for you as well, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: What? <laughs> Jay! it's J-
0: a lie.
4: <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, it does that. That actually editing of TV rewrote Bond history. Yeah, in, yeah, in a lot did. of ways for
3: a lot it of ranges, people. isn't it? <laughs> the power they've got. Yeah. I see a lot of people watching. Bond on TV, and I just think, why? You're probably missing the best scenes, yeah. or something cool has been cut yeah. I know, yeah. That's W9 um, is one of Moore's coolest movies. Yeah, it is, it yeah. really
4: is. And he's ice cold in that moment yeah, he as well as I mean, yeah. properly quittled. People might have, um, him yeah, and, um, um, because I
2: of that. Th- who knows? Is it a Bond?
4: Possibly so. <laughs> but you know, can you imagine, like, if, if, you know, watching that in the cinema, thinking it was your Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon Bond, and he's, callously knifing Griechka <laughs> in the guts. <skin>, <laughs> oh, dear. You know, because I'd not seen that at the time. I didn't know he was capable of that. Um, I know that um, on um, ITV last night, the night before recording this, ITV4 had Licence to Kill on, didn't they?
2: ITV4? Oh, yeah.
4: Okay. I wonder how much they took out of that. Yeah. Well, I I remember, I'm sure our
5: version, you didn't see Milton Crest's head actually, no. you know, inflating.
4: Look at that. I'm, I'm
5: sure there are a few, There must have been some other things as well because that's pretty in yeah. That film. There was oh, yeah.
3: Dario on oh, the gantry, and that's oh, where did Dario go? He's just
4: oh shit! Is that what? No, yeah. oh, you saw Stephen. Dario went on the gantry, and that's it. No, that. no, no, no
3: hopefully not. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do remember, like, uh, seeing when I finally saw that scene fully, like, seeing things I'd never seen before. Whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like, way too much yeah. for me
2: to accept. Well, one of them um, was Hella. Or, was or to get tough. my head around. Hella, sort of impaled. Hella, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, yeah. And another yeah. was after one oh, yeah. sort of, I don't know, captured by by the Japanese businessman and those agents. He sort of, oh. there's another bit where the guy's wife, who seems, I don't know whether she's working for them as well, does a whole amazing ninja session and takes on a few guys and then gets machine gunned down or, or one of them oh no one of them does don't of them they? that was all cut. it was like a good minute cut. yeah that's
4: outrageous
5: I yeah mean, and, what, uh, and Sanchez um, shoots the guy's already dead yeah you know yeah
4: that definitely wasn't that. Part, I mean, can we just while we're on the topic of License Kill, can we just give a shout-out to um, new, new listeners, long-time fans, Anthony Stark and Grandel Bush? Oh, who, uh, oh yeah. Big fans of really 007. <laughs> I Having mean, recently spoken to the podcast on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: you beauties. You've made Honestly, your the men you very happy.
4: <laughs> you really have.
2: <laughs> anyway, going back to Oddjob, as we've said, he's, he's probably the archetypal henchman of the Bond series. So he's Goldfinger's personal bodyguard and chauffeur. So he does a bit on the side, more of an easier gig. He's played by the American wrestler, not Korean, uh, Harold Sakata. He is obviously famous for his bowler hat, which is rimmed with a razor blade. For someone who barely speaks, what an amazing performance uh, Sakata delivers in
3: in this film.
4: Yeah, it's the first iconic one, isn't it? Really, right. Transcendental, iconic henchman performance.
3: Yeah, he's the one that your mum or dad would know about if he said, what's a James Bond henchman? They would probably say, odd or jaws. And there, there's a reason for that. I, I love the way that he doesn't speak, but he says, ah, yeah, ah. ah, ah. And then, <laughs> uh. yeah. Now that I'm a bit older and a bit more cynical and a bit more nitpicky, I mean, the hat thing is, is a bit silly and a bit inconsistent. <laughs> it slices through a statue at the start. But it doesn't slice through is Tilly Masterson no. yeah. you know it just doesn't make it fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. metal so it is a bit consistent but you know what I, I don't really care I don't no. think that <laughs> yeah. just a cool character and his fight with Connery at the end is, is, oh. is fantastic because I don't know about you guys but when Bond is stuck and he has to use all the kind of means at his disposal, and he has to yeah. look around him and think, what can I use against him? And the way he fights against him is brilliant, especially because every time sort of Connery and Oddjob cross paths, Job has this wonderful look in his face, this kind of smug yep. smile of satisfaction, like you're no match for me. you I'm, yeah. you know, I'm going to play with you for a minute and then throw you about. And yeah, yeah. definitely one of my favourites. And also, I think what's good in he has a musical cue.
5: Yeah, is quite scary, but yeah. and, uh, and also a bit a bit about what you we were just saying, Stephen. Like he has, he almost has like a warm, there's a warmth to him a little bit. Like you know, he he smiles quite pleasantly at people, and I don't know. That's quite that's quite disturbing in some ways because you know in some ways you you're almost drawn to him. Yeah, um, yeah. What, what when it comes to his is um the end fight with connery i, I do I, I really like that and it's got the um um it doesn't have any music apart from one bit all it has is the sound as uh, the soundtrack is the um the the sort of ticking of the bomb Oh, i, yeah. I think i think that's the noise that you just hear like bom, 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 bom. and then yes. um right yeah suddenly that that
4: yeah
5: <laughs> Suddenly Bond realizes that he can get the hat and they both realise that and oh. they, they, they like, you know, shuffle around a bit. And that's when Barry's music comes in and you think that this oh, is gonna God. be that's how you're gonna kill him. He yeah. takes the shot and it, you know, it misses and it sticks in the metal and then the music cuts out again and it's back to the uh back to the, the ticking noise. And then that's when the electrocuting bit happens. It's it's brilliant. I, I,
4: I, yeah, it, I, and I think that's like brilliant filmmaking building a different. character and giving a character Extra, isn't it? In a way, yeah. um, I, I like all that, that. I mean, the performance, as you say, Tom uh, and lads as well, is just—it's great. it's that with that smile? He's got that confidence that instills that doubt in you. That heck, I don't know whether Bond can take. Yeah, him. absolutely. I'm not sure Bon can take this guy. But also because of that smile, he gives that warmth that I quite like to know his backstory. I'd like yeah. to know how yeah. he ended up. Yeah. Was there a scene where, like, a ten year old odd job was given a hat by an elder yeah. member of the family, and like, one day, son, you will, <laughs> you will make this family proud. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. So, but anything that could do that, that adds character, because character could be a, a, yeah. an additional thing to the henchman trope, possibly. Is it that makes it makes, makes more you, you know, possibly if you find yourself thinking, how has this person got to where they are now? Yeah. That could be that extra gift of character by the filmmakers it could be something that makes a good henchman what they are. And of and course,
5: um, something I, I was mentioned before, um, you know, that blind loyalty, because even yeah. in Fort Knox at the end, you Know there's that other guy, I can't remember what the character is called Kish. And um, it looks like he's gonna be so. right, okay. But <laughs> well, it looks like he's gonna be foiling the, the plan, or you know, he, he wants out, and odd jobs having none of it because
2: he's he's blindly, lo- blindly loyal to Goldfinger, and that costs him, doesn't it? He's that, that's also
4: really, that's fascinating. That,
3: yeah, I like when the we, bounces off his chest. Oh, yeah, oh, it's so cool as though it's a fly or something like that. that cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
4: that's a st- it it raises the stakes in a second. That doesn't it? Yeah, you know, like or oh, flipping it. Yeah, it, yeah, we can't mess around there.
3: You were Mister Universe in Scotland in the sixties, were you? Yeah, he yeah, <laughs> <think that's>
0: right.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. He was wrestler, wasn't he? I think
2: Harold Sakata yeah. before before this. So he was actually a proper, pretty hard bloke, as you can see. I feel sorry for him when he gets electrocuted. His face, oh dear, it's awful, isn't it? The pain. Oh yeah. Going- yeah. I mean, but you say he feels sorry. For yeah. Me, but if you think back, he's no, okay. So he knocks out Bond in his room. He's the one who then murders Jill Masterson, isn't he? He kills her, paints her gold. Yeah. Her. Don't know whether he did the painting, but that's another story. And then, of course, as we said, he <laughs> he kills, tries to decapitate Tilly. So he's a pretty pretty awful guy. I think John mentioned it in the Octopussy episode that clearly we'll talk about Gabinda as we get on, but the end of the golf game was alluded to with the dice, wasn't it? That's the sort of mm. again his loyalty that he's so annoyed that Bond has outwitted Goldfinger in the in the in the game where he's acting as caddy. He's like that annoyed me so much. I'm going to crush this to show you I've still got the upper hand almost, and that I'm I'm formidable and you'll encounter me later.
4: Yeah, I, I find that relationship though that that suggestion that they've got something on him. You know, like so Goldfinger's got something on our job that makes him want to be completely loyal to the point of. Well beyond reason, really fascinating. And again, for me, it imbues that sense of sympathy, like you were saying, Tom. I feel sad that <laughs> you know someone has, like, it's a bit like Stockholm syndrome, isn't it? you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like you're just so close to someone that you fall completely infatuated with them that you do anything yeah, <laughs>
3: <Yeah.
4: You're besotted. laughs> <laughs> and 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 it just gets mad You know So I, that puts like a different lens On all these henchmen for me In a way You know if you think of it through that I'm looking into this way too far No no far. I see if anyone thought that You know like there was a You know like that Stamper was You know Jonathan Price's <laughs> hostage for so long, but like here you are, Stamper. Eat protein until you're massive, and then <laughs> then you'll be mine forever.
3: You you say that, but I I remember one year thinking, I wonder if Ojo had three hats. So he had a sharper one for the statue, and then he <laughs> yeah. had, it needed a bit of sharpening. It really, then he sharpened it again. By the time he got to the bank, so it go through the bars, and I'm thinking, you're just. <laughs> stop <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. <laughs>
4: it's very true yeah and did he use his dull hat for the Jill Masterson moment as yes. well you know like uh,
2: yeah so he uh, does have a bit of tenderness yeah we...
4: <laughs> is there a Mrs odd job a Mrs job John.
2: yeah <laughs> Mrs job <John, yeah.
4: laughs> I nearly
2: mean, said he something very rude the
4: you know the, the steel hat on I think like.
5: yeah I think <laughs> um there, there, are a few, there are a few pointers which show what an impact our job has had as uh, <clears throat> as, a, as a henchman and, you know, as part of Bond folk, folklore that, that, you know, like you say, Stephen, that your average non-Bond fan would know. And I think um, one of them is Austin Powers. <laughs> and that's Austin um, random <laughs> task, random task who throws a shoe rather than a hat. Um I think that like that shows that you know he's had, he's had some sort of um <laughs> yeah. And also um including him in the goal in the game Goldeneye. I don't think he, yeah. you know in the multiplayer function, and you know there are other characters who we'll discuss who who are also in that, but I just think that, that shows this guy is a big deal when it comes to uh, to the bomb cannon. He is, yeah. He's a
2: finalist, definitely. I think Is when it we... a tournament though? You know. Well, who knows? It can't be wrong. I like the idea that. I know a few who won't do that. <laughs> oh, hey. I <I'm> was looking <laughs> forward to that. <laughs> Thunderball is another funny one because. far more effective than the actual henchman who is possibly Vargas. So I don't really really think Vargas is going to be a a finalist, as it were, in any of this. All we know is he has no lovers and he's he's absolutely no threat either, has he? He's a pretty... Yeah,
3: Yeah. that's about the only scene when you think of Vargas is that one scene, you know, Vargas does not drink. Yeah, does not smoke. What do you do, (laughs) Vargas? That's that's all he really brings to the film. He isn't even saying that. No. Oh,
4: you're right. Boring, Vargas. (laughs) Nice
2: death, though. Nice.
4: um, Oh yeah. um, I think Volpe's amazing.
3: She's amazing. Oh yes. Thunderbolt would have been a film if Vargas got out of the bath and Connery offered him a beer. (laughs) That would have been a different
4: film. (laughs) Yeah, it would. (laughs) (laughs) The Vargas tapes.
3: Can I have a lift? Sure. Thank you. You've just about saved my life. Really? My outboard capsized, so I had to swim ashore. How far do you go?
5: You better fasten your safety belt.
4: What's your name?
0: James Bond.
4: Fiona Volpe.
3: Often.
1: Do I make you nervous?
3: No, it's just that I have no desire to be capsized twice in the one night.
1: At least you won't have to swim ashore. Have you been here before, Mr. Bond?
0: No, I haven't. But uh, this is the road to Nassau.
1: Yes. Eventually.
3: Yes, me too. This is my hotel.
2: What a
5: coincidence. Yeah, it's
3: so convenient.
5: You look pale, Mr. Bond. I hope I didn't frighten you.
3: Well, you see, I've always been a nervous passenger.
0: Some men just don't like to be driven.
3: No, some men just don't like to be taken for a ride. It's is Volpe. she
0: a
4: henchman? Oh, uh, hench, you know what? Uh, Henchwoman. Volpe. I, I think so, because I think she's. I find her fascinating. for a start, I think she's a brilliant character. Really great character. Yeah. Um, really, twi- really um, tormented in so many ways. Quite vulnerable in other ways as well. Yeah. Um, brilliantly acted. Goes without saying, she absolutely looks the part as well. Yeah. It, it's super. I think she's the main hench threat in that film.
2: She's absolutely amazing. She is probably even more memorable than Largo. No offence. Uh, no offence, um, Largo. Her character has more to do in individual scenes, doesn't she? Like that whole the bedroom, the bath scene. And even The Way She Dies is absolutely brilliantly directed and superbly performed. I think it's superb.
4: If I can jump in, sorry, Tom. The, I found, you know, as a, a young man growing up, like the, the sexual chemistry and the interplay between yeah. and, um, sorry, Bond and Volpe in these scenes, so unbelievable to try and get my head around. The fact that they actively wanted to kill each other, but they were in a hotel room together getting ready for a night out, that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> like that kind of dynamic. I just couldn't couldn't not possibly get my head around. And it was so grown up and out there for me growing up that it, it, for, in a lot of ways that probably elevates both Thunderbolt and Volpe as a character in my mind in terms of my feelings on the whole
2: franchise possible. Don't disagree, Rob. I think in terms of chemistry, I think we mentioned the, the chemistry particularly between in Octopussy, Bond and Octopussy, is one of the series highlights. Craig and Eva Green... Yet we're now meant to be thinking that the main chemistry in the whole series is Bond and Madeleine Swan, which is nowhere near the chemistry of
3: Connery and Volpe, is it, at all?
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I always wondered about Fiona Volpe, whether they were trying to pull a sort of bait and fricking on the audience, because in Goldfinger, Connery sleeps with Honor Blackman, and it's meant to be kind of, she was... Evil, and she was in on the plan. Now she slept with him. She's having second thoughts. But with Fiona Volpe, it's like, well, we slept together, yeah. but so what? I'm still going to do what? Very I interesting do, you know? I,
5: yeah.
4: I
3: don't know that. Uh, I, I agree totally, but I also think as well that the fact that they
4: don't let it pan out that yeah. way is brilliant from the filmmakers. It makes yeah. him, you know, that whole Mister Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It just that seals the myth straight away. That you know, like, oh, he's so dangerous, this fella. Like, literally. Um, although um, her death is hilarious. <laughs> oh, towards, like, oh wait, there's a gun! Oh, got you. Three yeah, yeah. fingers as well. What a shot! What a shot! Um, so yeah, uh, uh, oh, I just love it. I didn't realise I loved it that much until we got to start talking yeah. about it. Like so many things in the Bond world, you don't realise how much you love it until you actually get to talk about
2: it. Because she doesn't want to actually kill him herself. She obviously gets the other assassin to do it for her while she's distracting Bond by dancing with him and doing it in broad daylight. So it adds another dimension of the power play between them. And she is. I mean, to talk about... They didn't used to be strong female characters in those days. Goodness me. I mean, she's far more... I don't want to keep slaggy off the recent films, but compare that to Monica Bellucci's character. It's just... I know she's not a villain. Uh, yeah, it's and the it's world not Bellucci's guy, fault. But yeah, it's so true. After Thunderball, we get to You Only Live Twice. Now... We do have one of the sort of stereotypical henchmen here in Hans, but yeah, I'm
5: going to be, be honest. Um, I'm going to I'm going to be. Caught, I'm going fighting corner here, Tom.
2: Good, okay, well, well, Matthew, you lead the way. He is I mean, a henchman. There's absolutely no doubt. About yeah, that. I, I'm, I, I'm, so, I'm I'm worried here, Matt.
4: Sorry, so sorry because um, I yeah, can't that's, even remember. That's <laughs> <a piece of laughs> it, fair enough.
2: <laughs> Quite um, worried about I'm, I'm I'm the game. So.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a bit. It's just tongue in cheek, really. He's just suddenly appears, and there's not much made of him. He's he's there with Blofeld uh, in the, you know, in the layer at the end. Can you not remember? He's he's pretty tall, pretty stacked, blonde hair, like a black onesie. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, like like if Kriegler and yes, yes.
5: had a baby, <laughs> what a what a beautiful baby it would be, and it was, yeah. But Statuette. obviously, the fact that he's Blofeld's henchman, and the fact that Blofeld only appears in the final act of that film means that we haven't seen him do anything before and show any kind of threat he doesn't have any special skill I don't think he doesn't have any lines He's, it's just a bit of a token henchman I don't think he, he doesn't he doesn't kill anyone I do quite like the fight that him and Bond have and I like the way that Bond disposes of him can you remember Robert at all you you're a bit
4: literally on YouTube right now
2: trying yeah to... yeah no that's
5: fine
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: we'll leave you to I'm myself of this.
4: pretty embarrassing that I don't know it lasts one minute and 16 yeah. seconds though it doesn't no, it, do- it, it literally actually only starts at 22 seconds. Expect. Oh, punch. yes, yeah. this is good. I remember this. The storm. And he's proper harm yes, as well. He uh, is. Yeah, oh, it's super. yeah. He's got a lamp and he's absolutely wailing yeah. on Connery. And they're slipping everywhere. It's like a fight that we used to do in the old uh, James Bond. <laughs> yeah. And chins um, him into the Ingledum fireplace, big right hand. Oh, all around the net it's two double body shots <laughs> <laughs> don't worry lads we've only got ten left. Yeah. nicks the key oh. starts sprinting Bond is using his wits he's got his leg it's, it's, a, it's a UFC move ah oh, it's a twist he's got the upper hand they're going across the left uh, they're the left the bridge uh, they're going up oh. To the net. oh big right hand and then it's the big um, back body drop into yeah. the massive field the got yeah. it thank you so much I mean I'm not saying
5: I'm, I'm not saying he's any good Bon appetit. I don't. I've got a bit of a soft spot for that fight. In that, it's a bit of a babyish. You know, one of the more babyish sets of you know a pool of piranhas and uh, and everything and a big <laughs> fireplace and everything. I quite like that that fight and everything. But he he's not a brilliant henchman.
4: But I like that. It proves that everyone it, again. It's some, something for everybody, isn't it?
3: Yeah, um, maybe he would have got more time had Blofeld been involved in the film more. Um, I suppose you could maybe make a slight argument for the the Rock's granddad as a henchman in You Only Live Twice. He's the big dude that fights him with a couch. Oh, that's so good. In the office, That's, one that's of the that's... Best fights in the whole series. Did you say that's the Rock's granddad? Um, yeah. I'm sure I'm... He sure is, or the Rock's father, Whoa. the Rock's granddad. Siamese oh. vodka just before that scene Wow Oh yeah Yeah that, that's a terrific scene isn't it? Don't quote me on that <laughs> Yeah No you're absolutely right It's
4: uh, The Rock's grandfather appeared in the 1967 James Bond film You Only Live Twice portrayed by Samoan American wrestler Peter Fanen Maivia who is also the grandfather
2: of brilliant. Dwayne The Rock Johnson Oh just picks
3: up a, brilliant Just picks up a coat, As you
2: like you do as Dad would say Yeah <laughs> But the anyone else from You Only Live
3: Twice not really henchman. There's a few, obviously. There's a few of old beautiful, beautiful ginger. Yeah. Her, she, her relationship with Bond is bizarre because I think if you wanted to be nitpicky with Bond, you could say that there are a million characters that have him dead to rights, could kill him, but don't. But for me, <laughs> hers is the standard annoying one. She has him tied up. She's got orders to kill him, but she puts mm-hmm. him on a plane, just the two of them, ejects a small wooden plank out. There's a small explosive device in the plane, then parachutes. That must be the most yeah. convoluted yeah, way when, of killing a when she had inside of she had uh,
5: that little knife, you know, it could have been done. I've got
3: you now. When she gets back to the piranhas later on, I'm thinking, well, you thought sort I of deserved <laughs> that. You know, you had the opportunity.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, Asato isn't a henchman, is he, at all? So I think it's definitely Hans, but he probably won't get in the final, I'm afraid, Hans, I'm sorry. So we're going to have to Gutted move boy. on to boy, uh, On a Manchester Secret Service. Sorry, technically Gunther is is the henchman, isn't he? I suppose he's. I think he's Blofeld's head of security. The reason I probably wouldn't put him in the final myself, even though he is a you know he's a goon and he is a real physical presence and he's always loyal to Blofeld. He doesn't actually have a fight with Bond because I think it's Tracy who kills him by impaling him to a wall. That's the reason I'd rule him out. You could argue Irma Bunt is more of a henchwoman. Mm. Because yeah. she's the one who kills Tracy.
3: And she's pretty scary, isn't she? Really scary. Yeah, that shot of her when he goes into the bedroom, that is the most terrifying shot. <laughs> in <the cinema>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. You know, it, it's so underrated her place in cinema. Irma Bunt is the woman who yeah. killed yeah. James Bond yeah. twice. It's a bit underrated.
2: Roth always gets the credit. It's a yeah.
4: There's no rating for that. Yeah. It's unbelievable that. No one I don't think, you know, does anyone these days ever talk do kids in school ever talk about that <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we talking about Madeleine's like, no we did that, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. James Bond is no longer aspirational
2: <laughs> you will be twice Bond dies yeah very apt. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to move on to Dahmer's off forever and we mm. get another big debate don't we yeah Winston Kidd the, the elephant in the room are they assassins or are they henchmen <laughs> What's the matter with him? It's my wisdom teeth. I haven't had him out yet. Would you mind having a look, Doctor? Of course. I'm not going to hurt you. Just open. No, no, no. Open wide.
0: Ha! Ha! Curious. Now everyone who touches those diamonds seems to die. Stop right there. Who are you? Dr. Tynan sent us. Why didn't he come himself? He was taken sick. Bitten by the bug. He sent this for you. wanted man to fly he would have given him wings mr kid
5: what i was going to say about these two because i know chris was wanting uh, th- these these two to be uh, included in this debate you, you never see them in the same room as as blofeld do you is there any interaction between them right. and i find that quite no. scary actually i, I, I find so, it really yeah. scary that they're just wherever they are it's to kill someone and like in different ways. And I, I find them pretty scary. Again, they've got a musical cue of their own, whether I'd class them as henchmen. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. I find them really scary. Like I say, henchmen or, or not. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to hear uh, you know debate on this, and uh, and we'll reserve judgment. <laughs> That's what this is for. Matthew. I'm,
4: I'm going to say yes. I'm going for me. They are henchmen. I, oh, wow. I'm going for it. I'm going to I'm going to say they are because they're very one you know single minded in their objectives, aren't they? You know, yeah. in in their fatalities they're trying to induce, uh, but also I, I like that. I know that that um, I'm probably breaking my own rules because rules because it wasn't longer. <laughs> yeah. I am saying oh, but we've never seen with with the main villain. Yeah. Or <laughs> I, like you say in this instance, I really like that actually that distance and I think it comes from the performance of um of Winton Kidd the gentleman playing Winton Kidd mm. who are putter Smith and Bruce glover um I, I I really really like um what they did here, and I would accredit them rather than you know uh, anything else but I would say that though they get a really hard ride in casual fandom with yeah. Winton kid. the steel toe caps are putting more than once on them in, in like a critical set but I think they're um, an interesting flavour I think they're <laughs> straight ahead of Bambi and Thumper
2: yes because those mm-hmm. are the other two you I could say they're in women, couldn't you but the, they, they actually start off quite effective don't they they seem to be causing Bond problems but then about a minute later well, I, think, I think possibly that's it and then they don't seem bothered they just, <laughs> just want to get out of the pool and they're not really bothered about Continuing, with.
4: no, I think I think that could be another criteria we have to add to the bond, you know, the hench person tick list is that are you crap or are you not crap? <laughs>
2: yeah. If you are crap, then you are not. A you can't person. do your one job,
4: odd <laughs> job, odd
2: job, yeah. Odd job. yeah. <laughs> um, Stephen, because if if we include Winton Kidd as henchmen, then goodness me, they must be really the, almost at the top of the list, do you think?
3: I really like both of them, and I can see why they would get a hard time as being, uh, in advert commas, problematic for the last moment where Bond with yeah, the uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: hands
3: between the legs and he goes... Yeah. yeah really oh, yeah. socialistic oh, yeah. moment, but he takes that away. They're, they're kind of one of the, the many characters or occurrences in the, the Bond film that's weirdly progressive for their time because they're not they're not gay assassins. They're just assassins who happen yeah. to be gay. And they're very, very good at their yeah. job. They they kill almost everyone that co- they come into contact with early. Dawn with them, I'm not too sure about the final scene. They don't seem to pose a huge amount of threat to Connor when he actually gets down to it. But in terms of the film, they do have a big impact on the film. They're not just kind of this rubbish blonde muscly dude who's hanging about in the background. <laughs> they're actually causing.
4: Sorry. <laughs> <the laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah i do i do i do rate them and um but then I'm a diamonds defender so Oh,
4: i like that expression <laughs> is that an official term diamonds defender
3: well i mean you look at all these lists of uh, bond films ranked and rated and uh, diamonds is always near the bottom yeah. and i can see, i can absolutely see why you know it's a tired film <laughs> uh, the plot makes no sense and you just killed James Bond <laughs> sorry how do you bond you're on a diamond <laughs> Yeah. So it is quite rough, But at the same time, it's got that slinky Barry score yep. and yeah. the cool scene when the car goes up on two wheels. And, I mean, Connery's Conner, so far from the sort of 60s Sex Panther that he was. But, yeah. but still Conner, he's still quite cool. And yeah. Yeah, still quite deeply watchable, watchable yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he World wigs work, about as tall as the White House, but still Connor in a white watch- house.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, so I mean, I'm a Diamonds defender and I think Winton Kidd are quite, I think they're quite an enjoyable part of the film, whether that's down to my Barry bias, so every time I see them I hear his music and I think, ooh, quite likely who knows? Yeah, we are going to
2: actually do our Diamonds Are Forever review fairly soon and we do have license to queer hopefully join us for that and I know they and I and hopefully the other people on board will be massively defending that film because there are, there are people I know who are a little bit, yeah, almost intimidated by it. There's a, there's a few scary bits in it. There's a few odd moments in it. But yeah, I'm going to be defending it on its review.
4: Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Simon. And I'm James.
2: We want to talk about those
4: movies. Those supposedly bad movies. Those movies that bombed. To see if they
3: weren't that bad after all. Join us every week on the For Your Reconsideration Podcast, part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, on Spotify, and all the usual streaming apps.
4: And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate.
2: <laughs> it's like it's free.
4: <laughs> it's just like it's free.
2: <laughs> so we go into the Roger Moore era. Just, uh, oh, go for it.
4: Jill St. John. I just say that, sorry. Jill <laughs> St. John. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know you're a big fan. Jill,
4: yeah. Jill St. John. <laughs>
2: Jill C- Sim
4: <laughs> Jill Stark of the London Financial Times.:
2: <laughs> Yes, Roger Moore. Roger Moore. His era, of course, with goodness me, it's pretty packed. There's a lots to discuss here. And the first one, of course, is "Living Let Die," and I think Teehee definitely qualifies in every single way, so I'm going to put him straight into the final.
3: That's an alligator. You can always tell by its brown nose. uh
0: uh-huh. There's old Albert. And he's a crock. Got over careless with him some time back and he took my whole arm off. Well
3: done, Albert. Oh, they'll eat anything, even each other. Then again, sometime they can go a whole year without eating. <laughs>
0: Oh, I was rather counting on that. There are two ways to disable a crocodile, you know.
4: <laughs>
3: I, um,
0: I don't suppose you care to share that information with me? Well, one way is to take a pencil and jam it in the depression hole behind his eyes. And the other? Oh, the other is twice as simple.
3: You just put your hand in his mouth and pull his teeth out. <laughs> Again, nitpicky, you look at the arm and it's obviously fake, it's way too long <laughs>
0: Oh no, no
3: It's cool though um, like, like many Bond fans who've watched the films too many times um, I like these little odd noises that you hear in Bond films like the, the twang when Bond oh. skis through the bunting on for your, own, for your eyes only oh, yeah. or the sucking cup when they take yep. off the, oh. the Connery mask at the start of um, For Russia With Love <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ah! I love yeah. the thing noise when Moore yeah. cuts the, the <laughs> little cord and Teehee's arm the twang. Uh, I mean we all know that every train fight in a Bond film is good yeah. every every train yeah, fight is pretty done. good I, I quite like the fight with him on the train not to repeat myself but I like yeah. it because he uses all the things around him, a pack of cards, a tray, a small ladder yeah, yeah. that said it's he slightly reminds me of the, the toilet <laughs> fight from Naked Gun two and a half with <laughs> Rebin <ribbon> and
0: um, and
3: <laughs> 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 just a lot of <laughs> um, yeah he, he, um, right the hand drive what, absolutely brilliant despite what I've said though I do like Tee he. he in some ways he's a sort of stereotypical villain he's big he's imposing he's a threat he's a lot chattier though than our job he's quite happy to chat away and tell Bond about how you kill a crocodile and you know you take his teeth out and at that stage it might have been like a sort of nice change you know we can't keep doing the same thing we can't just do another odd job we've got this guy he's got a gimmick with the arm he's a yeah. threat he's big you know he wears his yeah. nice red suit jacket but he's also quite chatty um, he's memorable anyway he sticks in the memory you think of the villain from Live and Let Die you think of, you'll be, you think of Baron Sambi but you mainly think of Teehee did he make Goldeneye again I don't think
5: Tee-hee. so Tee-hee.
3: Sure. Baron Sambi did Baron Sambi, yeah he's not a henchman is
2: he Baron Sambi he's a brilliant character yeah, I he's don't, not. A I
4: don't know. I don't know what he is. <laughs> he's just an Can I add another criteria then? Yeah. If we think another criteria to the Bond henchman, what makes them a henchman thing is that the fact that they um, are following the motives of somebody yeah. else. Because I feel like Baron Samadhi's following his own motives. Yeah. he's got his own designs, his own end game. That probably because that I think there are still though. Because up to just now, I thought there were uh, two. Uh, henchman in this film, I think that's the you're you're still suit discounting, sh- discounting sh- exactly. whisper whisper is the henchman. <laughs> Did you call me whisper. <laughs> <do you remember>? <laughs> <laughs> I can't honestly the amount of wonderful intimate moments with my mind, with my wife I've moved <laughs> by doing that. You're
2: shit. <laughs> 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 oh you're you're sh- sh- <laughs> 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 He didn't even bother me even kill him. He's like, oh you. No, you go in there, just you in there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try no. and <laughs> kill so um, the car, doesn't he? He's the one who uses that weird sort of gun when he drives yeah. past yeah. the chap that uh, kills the chap in the car. Yeah. So he's not you yeah, know he's not the the, the, yeah, the thing. Charlie. Yeah. So good. He was or bombed. He was going for both the driver, wasn't Yeah. He? Yeah. Kill both. <laughs>
4: I think he was because I think the assumption was he would <laughs> then, you know, careen in someone else. Kill Bond! Kill Bond! So, kill both! No. So both. <laughs> yes. Smash Bond. someone else up. The, uh, I've got no doubt in my mind that Teehee, though, would, he would have no trouble in stripping the flesh from your bones with that hook. Yeah. No, he'd love it. He'd have no problem. And again, that's that mental light of He's mm.
2: serious. Well, the scene where yeah, he's a great smile. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dick, yeah, isn't he? He threatens torture. He's torturing Bond. He doesn't quite get onto it, does it? But he threatens to snap off Bond's fingers and mo- more vital organs. Uh, when Big is—that's a great scene, isn't yeah. it? When did you touch that? That's that scene. <laughs> and see, oh yeah, such <laughs> <that's> a great scene. <laughs> but then we, in terms of like the crocodile farm scene, I mean, it's brilliant. The music's brilliant. Oh. Uh, and you know, these sort of scenes are good a bit like we mentioned with you only twice that sort of they can be spoofed by Austin powers or whoever, because let's leave instead of just killing Bond, let's leave him in a situation where he's got very little chance of escape, <laughs> but we will give him that chance and hopefully he'll have a horrible death if he doesn't whatever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if only he'd stuck around to watch, you know, just taking the time, just watch the,
4: yeah. I, yeah. I think
3: he's the kind of guy that would have enjoyed it. Like,
4: Oh, well done.
2: A mar- yeah, he would.
3: Yeah.
4: Marvellous.
2: <laughs> well, he didn't bother going back to Sam did he? I don't think. I don't think he's there. He just waits. He just hides in the train. That's when we see him at the end. Hey. And hey. it's almost, it's a great way you think. You might be thinking, hang on, I've forgotten about him. And then, oh, yeah, there's tea here. And then you see that the shot of him. I mean, I don't know why you couldn't just... Yeah, yeah, no, that's just a bit like Winston, like Winston Kid yes. because they've go been on, just a bit separate from that final
5: thing and <clears throat> Winston Kidd is separate in general. I like that, that there's still... Yeah. You know, after the big final act, as it were, it's almost like a, a coder or a, whatever you call it, you know, at the end, when you think everything's safe, there's still that one one person or a yeah. couple of people to... Uh, and that, that's, that, that often is the henchman's role in a Bond film. That often happens, that they, in fact have a confrontation after the main villain has been disposed of. Stamper. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
4: <laughs> right, I love up. how Stamper's growing in prominence. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> he is Stamper, he is Stamper. Mr Stamper. Mr Stamper.
2: Good evening. If you're enjoying Double 007 Pod, why not follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Look us up at Double 007 Pod. I mean, man with the golden gun, yeah, it's there's not really a a proper henchman, I'd argue. There's Nick Knack, who's almost a manservant, who's the brains behind the operation. You can't really say he's a physical threat, really, no offense. There is that, there's that chap who is uh, in the the sort of chemical lab, who almost becomes a henchman, but he's outwitted by Goodnight, who, Goodnight, are you still there? I mean, I don't know whether that that, that qualifies you as a a very good henchman, so I don't think we can have him. do you think Nick Knapp can rule him out, Rob? Do you think I? I don't think I. I it's um, funny because that, um, he's about to kill Nick him
4: Nack with that no um, pitchfork. You know when he's dressed up on? as the. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I suppose that must mean that he is. I think the threat of physical harm is there. Is it? I mean, again, he's he's a really fun character, isn't he? He's doing. Um, I while I was researching hench you know the best henchman in the bond franchise or whatever the expression is um <laughs> they one listed in there was <laughs> sheriff jw pepper what? <laughs> what what and the reason that this particular <laughs> website had included it was like he tried his best to ruin two James Bond oh, <laughs> this is this is the kind of thing that the Bond world is up against isn't it you know so um yeah I, I definitely think that in <laughs> Which is the better, you know? If I think in those terms, which is the better one, villaches or J.W. Pepper? Well, it's villaches So yeah, villaches is a henchman in my book.
3: Oh, I can see arguments for manservant and <laughs> henchman, but <laughs> mm. with, Man with the Golden Gun, there's almost no room for a henchman because Lee is so big and he, yeah, the film, and he's he's so much threat for one film that it's almost as if Nick Knack doesn't need to pose a threat because Christopher Lee's over there with his. Talking about his elephants and his trick shots and um, his third nipple, and <laughs> I don't know if you need. Some, sometimes you don't always need a henchman with with the really rubbish villains that, that don't pose any pose any physical threat. You definitely need a Jaws or an odd job. You need someone that can actually fight. On because Lee is such an equal, you don't necessarily need a big muscly blonde dude who's going to come in and give him a fight and I must give you an unpleasant death. <laughs> So that's, that's one of the complaints <laughs> as
2: well. Love this theme it's, that's yeah, emerging.
3: There's so, many, there's so many complaints about Quantum of
2: Solace, but a new complaint, if you were, is that the main villain, Dominic Green, is absolutely no physical threat, and then his hench person isn't either. So, are we really that scared of anybody in that film? Not not really, I'd say.
3: Well, no. yeah, uh, <laughs> I,
4: I don't think there's uh, there's nothing to be scared of in that in that film apart from the film itself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Probably along with Odgel, the most famous henchman in the entire Bond series, it's Jaws. I might have guessed.
1: Do you know him?
0: Not socially. His name's Jaws, he kills people.
2: Now, John, of course, mentioned, I think, last time around that, oh, he was obviously a reaction to the film Jaws, and there is the link with the shark, isn't there, at the end, that he he kills a shark amazingly with his teeth, but clearly, there's a lot more to than that. He's a real physical uh, threat, he's extremely tall, of course, he's got these teeth, now, it's a, it's a world away, isn't it, from the low-key, the, the Sean Connery days we were talking about earlier, Stephen, isn't it, but... He is a proper archetypal henchman. He's almost, though, because if you... I think, Rob, the reason you don't maybe see him as much of a a threat as he is is because you've grown up with the two films and you know that he becomes good. Yes. And he's actually not as much effect, is he, really, in in Moonraker even. So... You're right. early. I'm thinking of... Yeah, you're right. right, The early scenes in The Spy Love Me, goodness me, where he... It's terrifying. It's children watching that when he's basically... He tries to he, – he, he completes his missions as well, doesn't he? He kills Fekish, and then he uh, bites Max yeah. Calvert to death. The shots of Calvert, the terror, are awful. And even if, Oh, yeah. In, He's, I love all, in, all that in, stuff. In Moonraker, to be fair, is it Manuela? He doesn't quite get to her, but that's really scary. But, we, yeah, we'll get on to the clown, fit the, real the clown big, fit. the
4: big clown head on. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think so much was undone yeah. for me in, the, in the, sort of like the fear factor of Jaws with – Here's to us,
2: yeah.
4: (laughs) Most likely, (laughs) but no, like whoa, it's it's such a gorgeous baritone, yeah, absolutely lovely. (laughs) This guy, (laughs) but but like quite rightly though, I mean, like I think the fact that he's there is one of the reasons that Mm. um, Spy Who Loved Me is in a lot of purist minds. I think is like a pure Bond movie in a lot of ways, isn't it? It's got all the tick boxes ticked, so to speak. So, uh, and one of them is the iconic henchman and um, there you go you got it we got the
3: guy um he's yes. i think if you had family fortunes and you had the most memorable henchman i'm sure he would be the top either him or odd yeah the, there is a reason for that um the older and the grumpier i get i think he's a missed opportunity i think he's really yeah. really brilliant so and effective good. in some scenes like as you're talking about the pyramids when there's the the neon light behind him and when he's yeah great yeah. scene when he kills Matt <laughs> Which leads to one of the best visual gags in the series when Moore puts out of order sign on. Yes, yes, he's really good, and the train fight I think again is good. I just wish they hadn't used. So they they almost dilute the impact of him with too many comic moments like him swiping down all the the rubble and the building site with the big pole, and then when he drops the brick on his foot. <laughs> yeah. And you think, when he's in, when he sort of jumps out on Anya on the train, the first time you see that, you're like, oh, oh scary moment! But then you think, yeah, how long has he been in there? Yes, yes. he's a character who's really good and he's really memorable and he had some brilliant scenes but when I re Spy I just think he could have been better had they removed these uh, two or three moments that just make him a bit of a buffoon a bit, yeah because by the time you get to the end in Spy Who Loved Me when as we were talking about earlier Moore does the look at the magnet like you know oh look what's behind you at that stage you're not terrified for Moore, you're just thinking how's he going to get rid of him yeah yeah, it's extremely funny. Yeah, it's
2: like that. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. getting rid of a villain, and that okay. It does I agree? It does dilute the the scariness of Jaws, but <laughs> it's a brilliant
3: moment. The, the acting for War is so good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no, I love Timothy Not Dalton, but I, I cannot <laughs> imagine Dalton looking at that <laughs> magnet in the same <scene>. way. No, no.
4: <laughs> I'd like to see him try. I'd love to watch him shan, go.
5: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, of, yeah, I am. It's, it. it's amazing Indeed. that they were able to create this character who's so iconic and has, you know, as we've said, had a, a big impact, yeah. And as you've also said early on in um, of he's first introduced at the same time as another henchman, uh, Zandor. But it, it's made clear by Stromberg that Jaws is exactly. in charge, in you know, he, he Zandor, reports to um, reports to um, Jaws, but. Yeah. So those early scenes, as we say, they're absolutely terrifying. And it is almost like he's some sort of villain from a horror film and the the way he kills, well, the way he kills those people and in, you know, the the way they're shot and everything it's it's terrifying. And I was, I was really scared. I used to, there was a time when I was scared of getting, you know, getting up to the train fight. I don't know why I found that the scariest, but I found it really scary him just appearing there when I was a kid. And, and so the, for a long time, I didn't often get past that and watch, <laughs> I'd stop it up to there and, and not, you know, get onto the incredible finale and everything. Yeah, I think he's brilliant. I agree, he's a bit of a missed opportunity and obviously by the end of Moon, Moonraker, it's becoming a bit of a farce. Interesting that on the game it, in GoldenEye, he's wearing his outfit from Moonraker, I think, you know, the white shirt with the braces and the...
2: Yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Comic jewels not the blue suit, you know, the sports jacket. <laughs> Moonraker is a bit different because whereas we have Sandor as the other sort of henchman, we do have Chang. He's, he's pretty much Drax's actual henchman, isn't he? He only hires Jaws as like an assassin or, a you know, a, a private guy to kill him, whereas he was employed by Stromberg. It's almost like Drax watched the spy I love Loveman and thought, oh, he's quite handy. And uh, <laughs> my, my, my Osman, or Because he's in the intro, isn't he? He's in that, the, the intro when he chucks trying to chuck's bomb out of the out of the, uh, the plane. But yeah, Chang as well. But before we talk about Chang,
3: uh, Stephen, did you have anything more to say about Jaws? Jaws and Moonraker, um, I think a lot of people understandably say that Jaws is better than this. By Who Loved Me, but my favourite Jaws scene has always been the one in the carnival where he's in the big clown costume and he's walking yeah, along the alley. That's it's- terrifying. It's so creepy and unsettling. I know that Moonraker is a deeply silly film in in many ways, not just because of the double-taken pigeon. It also has some of the, the darkest scenes in yeah. the, the one in the forest where Corinne is hunted down by the oh dog. Oh, dear, yeah. But that, but that Jaws scene in, in the, the alleyway is so creepy and unnerving. So it just blows my mind that you've got that in the same film As when Roger Moore kicks him in the balls, and it looks like he's got (laughs) steel balls. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dolly, I've got bad news for you. Yeah. (laughs) I never thought about that. (laughs) It's such an odd moment when Moore kicks him, and that noise comes. So what? Is all of them made of metal? (laughs) Ball.
4: You imagine him, you know, going to his first appointment like, right, I want metal teeth and metal knackers. Can, we, can this be done? Can we do this?
2: Slightly different way of becoming a robot than uh, in Terminator, maybe. I do like the thing with Drax
3: calls the, oh, yes, well, if you can get him, of course. I love yeah. that. Yeah,
4: that is good. That, now, that's, that's a way of um, setting up a character, isn't it, without the character even being there? Yeah. Gives the, you know, I love the idea that, you know, like he was like, we can get that fella who was fooled by a magnet in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Oh, if you can get him. Great.
2: <laughs> There's lots of serious bits in Moonwrecker, aren't there? And Shang, who I was going to mention, he's the one who's controlling the, uh what do you call it? The thing that's going, I can't, I've forgotten, I've gone blank. The thing that, the centrifuge. Yes. The thing that's going round and round, another really effective, serious scene. Yeah. And Chang, Yeah. He does get a bit of a fight. We get that sort of fight with all the the glassware going, going, getting smashed to pieces. Some babyish sort of Chinese kung fu or whatever, and then he gets chucked out of the window. <laughs> and he, I don't know. He, he's quite he's quite a funny. His hair is sublime or ridiculous in whichever mood you're in. But he's, he's, <laughs> I don't think you can quite take him seriously as a, as a henchman. The, the look of he almost looks heart heartbroken when. The centrifuge power stuff.
5: <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, sad, <laughs> nice.
2: yeah.
5: So, Sorry, yeah.
3: Michael G. Wilson's Taekwondo instructor. Is that right? Is that true? Oh, my
2: gosh.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I read that Michael G. Wilson was learning Taekwondo and that was his, his instructor. And, <laughs> well, I, again, don't quote me. <laughs> Going on, then, to so For Your Eyes Only, we've
2: definitely got a henchman here. We've mentioned it before. We've got uh, Eric Kriegler. We're sort of introduced to him as a, a Winter Olympic guy, aren't we, really? <laughs> it's one of the more unusual introductions to a, a character. Someone who is spurring people's well, advances. Yeah. John Wyman. Get him on the show, John. But he he, he was working for Christartos, of course. Possibly, I don't know, We. Wheat- we didn't really know where his allegiance was because he he, he may have been more to do with the whole uh, the East, East Germany and the, the Soviets and that kind of thing but yeah he's tall he's physically imposing he's blonde which seems to help with a lot of these things <laughs> yeah. he's like yours he you didn't really speak grunts doesn't he grunts his way through some of again like you were talking about some of the lovely sound effects in the the Bond series the way his weird gun that is used for shooting on the on, on the yeah. court the noise the noise yeah. it's a bit like see, he's wired, bit snapped,
0: isn't
2: it? But then his <laughs> yeah, yeah. grunts as well when he's uh, going down the track and he's getting annoyed, and then he chucks his motorbike and the country music. It's all, it's all absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Runaway, Runaway is
3: just such a fantastic. It season. is. Yeah, Kriegler, Kriegler's a funny one for me. I mean, you, I don't think you could have someone like Jaws or Odd Job in for Your Eyes Only because it is a sort of pared down slightly more realistic, in inverted commas a realistic film he's not especially memorable when you say who's the henchman for for prompt mm. for you guys only, you do have to pause for a second that, yeah it was Kriegler, where their job comes to mind instantly yeah. um, I mean I, I, I quite like him, um, I'm slightly puzzled by his his behaviour in Cortina because he's a famous athlete, yet he's yeah. openly shooting Bond and chasing Bond and tossing up the Bond <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He didn't in front make it up. Yeah. There's absolutely no sort of decision made by him to sort of be sly. He's just quite <laughs> happy to kill Moore in his overgrowing growing hair. It's, 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 <laughs> but I suppose you, you do need someone in that film, like we were talking earlier. When your main villain, like Kristallos, doesn't really pose a physical threat, you need the henchman to do that. And Hitler is definitely tough enough to take on Moore at that stage. Oh, he looks cracking in Lycra as well. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
4: But at the end, doesn't he get outdone by gravity? <laughs> yeah. I mean it, like it, he's holding a massive thing over yeah. his head and then and... yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> It's quite it, a stupid it, way he,
5: uh, to go. Yeah, yeah, he's holding that big stone uh, like plant you or whatever it is. Yeah, it is. And, That's uh, what sticks
4: in my head. And and he's about
5: pot. to chuck it and then he gets he gets distracted by both a helicopter arriving and Kristatos you know, is walking out the door, which is quite <laughs> strange. And Bond takes takes that black yeah. thing and um and you know pushes him out the window and falls to his falls to his death and it's lovely how graceful his fall is like his yeah. legs uh together. <laughs> but he's an Olympian. He's an Olympian so he got <laughs> <sort of laughs> some extra points. At
4: the bottom <laughs> like ten. Ten, yeah. 10 with cards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 Ah. Uh. Ah. Uh.
2: Check.
3: I, I have a minor theory that I'd like to run past you guys. Sometimes I think it's best, or maybe not sometimes, usually I think it's best if you save the main threat to last. So, for example, Spy Who Loved Me, the main threat in that film is, is Jaws over Stromberg. So really? Jaws know <laughs> fight. As much as I love For Your Eyes Only, and I do, it's one of my favourite moors, I wonder if the film would have been better if he killed Christaos first, and then Kriegler was like the yeah. final show. Yeah. Because the minute Kriegler's dealt with, I mean, he's not going to have much trouble with
5: Christatos. They're queuing up to kill him, and it's Bond who's actually saying he he, t- he says to Molina, "Don't," basically, doesn't he? But it, and it's uh, it's Glumbo who uh, kills him.
3: Yeah. Oh, what a moustache. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
4: there's no threat from Christatos, is there? No, I mean, like, no, he, he is. A desk weasel who has been <laughs> like self-promoted to the point of yeah no I fancy this now but let's get me an Olympian on the line and we'll go with it. <laughs> um, brilliant lair though Br- brilliant like great lair good yeah, yeah. Badies, you know great lair that and that um you know we're not talking about f- um theorized only as a film but the climbing sequence beforehand is oh. so good that it gives Absolutely. just electric intensity to Kriegler and Christatos from that point. Yeah.
3: There was a guy I used to work with who was a mountain climber and we were talking about for your eyes only one day. Apparently the shoelace thing is something that climbers actually do. Because when I was a kid, Whoa. I just thought ridiculous. He saves himself with laser. Uh, yeah. Apparently that is something that real climbers can mm. do. It's incredible. Amazing. Job oh. wrong, no I mean, I think, if you look at the Bond franchise as a whole, there's maybe sort of, I don't know, five, six, seven moments that are heart stopping. And the moment when Moore is kicked off the mountain, well, it's not oh. Moore, but the stunt, yeah, 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 balls, That's a genuine <laughs> yeah. heart love to see that scene in IMAX. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah.
4: the silence as he's falling as well. You know, the, um, the,
3: and the, the ropes,
2: rope. you just hear the, yeah. the yeah. noise like. It's so. i love to have the, that in the cinema. The noise of the guy falling and you sort of. <laughs> <laughs> before and. His face yeah. you know, so awful when he's... Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. It's not peeing, is it? <laughs> yeah.
4: And again, Paul's Do doing his customary brilliant noises, like, oh!
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other gorgeous sort of secondary villain, of course, in the film, it, yeah, is Locke, isn't it? He's not really a henchman, though, is he? The, his henchman is, is Charles Dance, isn't it, really?
3: Oh, yes. Love a bit of Charles Dance. Do mm. we? <sighs> Could have been Bond too, apparently. Right. Or, well, that's definitely a pub question waiting to happen. You know, which Bond film had Charles dance in it? We knew of him from the Golden Child, and it was like, oh,
2: amazing! Yeah, look, that's that looks a bit like him. That looks a bit like the the, the devil, basically. <laughs> from that, <point. laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. so we we're terrified of him anyway. and then Slightly less terrified of him, but he, he was still a bit of a threat. But Lock, Lock is is a great villain again. We do get. One of the best death scenes in the whole series, don't we? With him,
3: you left us so, with yeah. Ferrara, I believe. Yeah,
2: um, <laughs> you, you have to file
4: that moment with that's for double. Yes, it.
3: absolutely. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely from that same school, isn't it? Oh, Super.
3: I, I have two. a worry about Moore though, because as much I mean, I love Moore, love Moore, love his Bond movies. But whenever I read these stories, that he he always seems to dislike the scenes that I like the most. Like there's yeah. the there's the rumor that he got be talked into that scene by John Glenn. Yeah. He didn't like the scene in a View to a kill where all the miners were mowed down. Yeah, his door. yeah. He had choose with the scene in Octopussy where he shoots the young Russian kid in the forehead. Yeah.
0: I'm thinking oh, yeah.
3: these are the badass moments that I love. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I love the well, yeah. It's a hard currency. You know, I love all that stuff.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah, all his badass moments, the ones that I love them. If I had a sort of top five Moore moments, I'm thinking I don't think Roger likes any <laughs> stuff that I like. <laughs>
4: Can can I just? um, I'm so sorry. I've got to get it off my chest. I'm so sorry. You'll have you'll have to say this out, probably Tom. But ever I go to like a an amusement arcade with my kids, and they all come and want. Money to go on the 2p machines and they keep going, going, yeah. You know. Like, but when I get to the last ones, all I, I, it's constant. My wife is sick and be like, Thank God for hard currency! <laughs> <laughs> give them a handful of 2p's to get to the 2p, uh... <laughs> yes, that's next. Oh, yeah, <laughs> bond infiltrating real life, <laughs> you know, in ways that jeopardize a marriage, basically. <laughs>
2: Coming up in part two, we discuss the henchmen of the Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig eras, and maybe finally decide who our favourite henchmen or women are.